Thank you so much for checking out the Big Sky Boneheads podcast. My name is Michael Gray. His name is Scott Hershey. He is one of two Scots that will be here uh, for this episode of the show. Because... And one of three boneheads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we had our percentage shrunk for one week. <laughs> um, it's Brawl of the Wild week. And uh, if you're not from Montana, you may not know. That's the uh, the moniker we've given, the Montana-Montana State football game, which looms large uh, as it comes to Bozeman, Montana, on the campus of Montana State. College game day is going to be here from ESPN. There are special newspaper sections around. We've got TV news people that are making yuck-yuck jokes with rodeo clowns about the thing. It's a very big deal. It's a huge deal. And, and uh, it's gotten bigger, it seems like, every year. Uh, this is actually... Uh, for the rest of the country, an opportunity to see on ESPN College Game Day uh, the pregame atmosphere of what's going to happen in Bozeman, Montana on a cold November morning when the Grizzlies are coming to town. And that is a big part of it, at least nationally. If they, I imagine someone watching in Louisiana or Florida or Virginia, and there's going to be Desmond Howard in what I assume will be the largest coat available <laughs> in the store. Um, you're going to have to have Pat McAfee make amends with the Montana State faithful because he went on his podcast and said he didn't know that Montana State existed and I'll never talk about Montana State ever again. That's what he said. That's what he said on his podcast. Those words are going to come back to haunt him because uh, he's going to be sitting surrounded by those people on the Montana State campus and he's going to be looking around going, oh, it's really pretty here. You know, and that's the thing with the rest of the country who uh, who are wondering, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there wondering, why are the, why does the, the game day crew go to to an FCS, uh, to an FCS site for an FCS game? A lot of the FCS is small scale. And, and maybe in these places where they might have FCS schools, but they forget they have them because they have FBS schools. They have, they have bigger schools and bigger games. They're going to wonder why, and then they're going to see why. And I think it'll be fun for uh, Montana to see kind of the impression of what uh, the rest of the country thinks because the atmosphere is fantastic. It really is. And to see something like this is, uh, you know, the, the mountain backdrop in Bozeman is is beautiful. It's going to make for good TV. And it's going to be a gorgeous, cold morning. They're going to be able to see their breath out there. All the cold is going to be there, just like you'd want if you're a Montana uh, person. You want to see, like, all right, you want to see what we're like up here? It's cold. And they're going to get that. And it, I think it's going to be a, a pretty cool opportunity for for the rest of the country to see it. Yeah, as we record this, the forecast for game day to start the show, uh, the forecasted temperature is 3. Yeah. That's uh, 29 degrees below freezing. So uh, that'll be a that'll be a fun one for everybody around the country to watch, and you've also got the fact that they have a history. They were at Jackson State earlier this year. Um, College Game Day has had a a good run in Fargo mm -hmm. with three North times Dakota, North Dakota State. In um, fact, one of the times they were there, Brent Vegan, uh, the coach of the Bobcats, was part of that coaching staff. Right, and Herb Street. I credit him. Uh, I think Her first of all, I think Her Herb Street just as a as a guy in the booth. I think he does a great job. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, he does such a good job. I've forgiven him for being an Ohio state Buckeye. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's, that's how good he High is. Praise. It's like him and Chris Spielman and that's it. Um, <laughs> everybody else can pound sand and go to hell. You Buckeyes. Um, he's been, um, he's been a very positive force within that game day crew as far as embracing and leaning into some traditions that are not necessarily Alabama, Auburn, mm -hmm. you know, Florida, Florida State, Michigan, Ohio State, USC, UCLA. He's been very, very uh, adamant 
that they reflect all of these different little nooks and crannies and some of the corners that people might not be as familiar with. And I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be it's going to be a hell of a show when they roll in there because all of the things that you want to bring from a Montana perspective aesthetically are all going to be there. The funny thing is Montana people who are all about, oh, we don't need another movie set in Montana. Oh, Yellowstone, this is a horrible thing because it shows Montana and now people want to come here. And then we're like, game day's coming and they're all, yay! Right. (laughs) Which is going to be the best postcard for Montana that we've had in some time. The Chamber of Commerce will not be able to write a check that could cover the good press that they're about to get because Montana's going to look really pretty. It is, and the game's going to be fun. The crowd's going to be everything that every game day is. Uh, You know, they're not going to disappoint point uh it's just you know and the grizzly fans including me a little disappointed it's not missoula to be honest i mean missoula i think the atmosphere and i'm gonna find out myself i'm going to this game and i will tell you i i'll I'll have an impression on whether it is a secondary atmosphere uh with you know the stadium doesn't have the same capacity it's a it's about seven eight thousand lefts um but it's about the atmosphere this is a shocking thing that just came to light this week with all of the other things and you having lived an entire life, five and a half decades in the state of Montana, all of the things you've never done and never seen. A game in Bozeman? Nope. You've never done it? Nope. How is that even possible? I've been to the stadium. I've been by the stadium. You should have had to have worked a game in Bozeman at some point for as long as you've been doing regular radio in this place. Nope. I've never, I've seen the stadium. Uh, yeah. That's, I've that's seen it. the stadium. Yeah. Uh, People driving through Bozeman have seen the stadium. I was a little hesitant to go this week. I'm a Grizz fan. You scared? I'm well, scared. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. I've heard horror stories. Don't I'm be scared. You, I'm being. I'm still getting horror stories. I'm still getting people going. You know what? First of all, don't have any Grizz thing on your car because you'll come back and be vandal. This is what I'm hearing. Now again, these are, and I'm sure there are horror stories uh-huh. all the way around. For you name the team, you name the rivalry. But this is what I keep hearing, and I'm like, okay. I'm going to find out for myself. I have a hard time believing those gentle souls in Bozeman <laughs> who are constantly making fun of for being so charming, soft, and obsessed with their Orange County roots that, uh, that that's where you go to get roughed up. Well, Really? If you've been kicked around as much as they were a long time ago. Well, that's a long time ago. still remember those, any those fan, days. Any fan younger than 40 just remembers winning a lot. If Their hatred Bozeman. runs deep because uh, for a long time they were on the wrong end of that uh, that series. Well, we got to talk about that, too, because uh, the last five years they've won four of these things. They have. Up until last year, they, that's the first one they'd lost, and it had been a minute. Now, of course, you've got, uh, you got Coach back there in Missoula, and you got him bringing back the hatred and the loathing and all of the things that you need. And a good sports mm-hmm. hate, when we say hatred – it's a sports hate. Yeah, well, in this, uh, in that, it's, remember the four-year streak was especially painful for Grizzly fans, right? Yeah. Imagine that four-year streak happening four times in a row, where four entire classes of students never lost to the Grizzlies, sixteen years in a row. I was there in Missoula during that time, and believe me, the Bobcats fans then, they got mean, they got mad, and they still carry that over. And they've heard about it way too long. And this is uh, this now they got a program that's right there. Yeah, and they're number three in the FCS. Uh, Montana's coming in with three losses at thirteen. Montana State's only lost one game. Um, they've got. And I asked you this uh, offline. What do you do if uh, it's walk of shame time? Because we both know you're going to go in there flying all the flags with all the gear and all the things. Um, I'm just wearing the hat. 
Just the hat? Oh, just the grizzly hat. Because you can take it off and stuff it in your jacket? <laughs> no. And in, that's like Clark Kent putting the glasses on, like, oh, nothing to see here. Just no. A, just a guy in a winter coat. It's just, a cold, uh, cold day, and I don't have heavy winter grizz gear, so that's a perfect excuse not to fly the flag too high. <laughs> and I don't know what section I'm going to be sitting in. I don't know what it's going to be like around me. It is shocking to me that you're intimidated by this. I think that's interesting. Um, because oh, man, I'm being with my wife. I don't want. I don't want to get into some sort of thing. It's because you know you can't turn away from it. I don't want to do that. You're 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 gonna take the bait. <laughs> <laughs> no, we both know if somebody hollers it, you're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, well, guess what happened in 1987?" That kid's gonna look at you, and go, "Sir, I wasn't even born then. I don't know what happened in 1987. That was back in the 1900s." What are you even talking? Which about? Also means, by the way, that he doesn't remember a national championship in any way, shape, or form. For the cats. No, I'm looking uh, to take that. You know, and this is the fun thing about any sports rivalry. Since 2000, which is, you know, that's 21 years, which is a relatively good sample. Uh, Montana State has won five, six, seven, eight, nine of these things. Montana's won a few more. Montana's got the most recent victory. Montana State owns the longest streak in that time since 2000. So it's gone back and forth. Mm -hmm. And for just pure. Like, I hope everyone enjoys themselves and displays good sportsmanship. Uh, for that crowd, this is a fun one for that reason. It is. Because they find ways uh, for unusual or unusual outcomes. There are times where you throw out the record book and all of that stuff. But it's true. No, it is completely true. Um, the Grizz are playing for their playoff lives still. This is a playoff game for them. Yeah, it's really important to them. Montana State's coming off a run to a championship game last mm -hmm. year. They went all the way. And uh, they've been a team that, uh, at, with that third ranking, they've got eyes set on championship potential they still have a and chance to win the big sky conference and uh and that that is something they want to do 100 percent, absolutely and so it's going to be great fun uh we did have uh we did have a chance to be joined by scott guernsey he's a former grizz player and a broadcaster and i did not inject myself into this conversation because frankly i would have just been an antagonist I'm like yeah but you won the four you lost those four games and then these two both would have beat me up so um <laughs> rather than do that i just let two grizz get into it and without further ado here's scott and scott all right time to bring in our guest on the big sky boneheads podcast and uh a familiar name for especially for grizz fans but if you know the history between the grizz and the cats it is also a name all too familiar to cats fans as well mr scott guernsey how are you scott I, I'm good. I'm good, Hirsch. Big Sky Boneheads. I feel like I fit right in. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people we have are a lot smarter than us. So, uh, you know, uh, football people, we've had some good ones on. We've had Casey Fitzsimmons on. Uh, we've had, uh, man, we've had uh, historic uh, Bobcat names. We've had a little bit of everybody on this podcast. So good to talk to a good uh, Grizz guy right here. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Hirsch. Uh Big weekend, uh, biggest weekend of the year for for a lot of people, and uh, it's going to be a huge game as huge as huge as it's ever been, I'm sure. Now, the name Scott Guernsey, as I said, familiar in many aspects, uh, in uh, different ways through the uh, history of uh, Montana Grizzlies and and these uh, this particular uh, rivalry. Uh, let's go back to starting uh, with being a player. Now, um, you were you were a player. Uh, for your receiver at the uh, and punter, by the way, um, but tell us the perspective on this particular rivalry as a player. When you uh, from the beginning of it, when you first experienced it, all the way to going through four years of, of button heads with the cats every year. Well, 
you know, and me being from out of state over from a, a town called Tumwater, Washington, over there about an hour south of Seattle, um, I really had no clue as to to what this rivalry was and, and what it was all about. Uh, redshirted my first year. That would have been the, uh, the 1990 season. And all I remember is Friday night before the game, it was in uh, Washington Grizzly Stadium. And we were told as freshmen in red shirts that we had to go up and guard the M. Uh, in, in case some, uh, you know, some kitty cats came over and, and, and defaced it or, or whatever they did. So, uh, you know, I, I think every one of us had a, a 12 pack of beer that we hauled up there. We made a big bonfire every time. Every time somebody came up, we'd sing the fight song. Everybody said they could hear us all over campus uh, th- throughout the night. Um, and you really, you just, you didn't know what the rivalry was all about until you got to the game. I, I know that we can practice, you know, the seniors and everybody that had been through it before. Um, you know, the intensity was just jacked up to the max. Um, you know, and we had, uh, we had beaten the Cats. uh let's see four times in a row to that point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you could just, just by looking at your teammates, the seniors, the juniors, the upperclassmen, you could tell that this was something different. And, uh, and it was, it was a blast. Um, we ended up winning in Missoula. It was just intense. It was, it was pushing, it was shoving, it was chippy. It was, uh, it was everything that I'd that I'd heard that it was that it was going to be, even though I hadn't even played in it that year. Now, as you uh, progressed through your career as a player, uh, I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I read that you might still be actively the uh, yardage receiving leader and touchdowns leader as a wide receiver for the Grizz to this point. So you got to the point where you performed well in this game. Was that part of the atmosphere, bringing your level up, and just the absolute, you know, you got to beat your best on that day. Well, you know, you can call me the cat killer if you want to, Hirsch. I, I, I would, I would embrace that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I still, uh, uh, most receiving touchdowns and yards, uh, Bobcat or Grizz in the in the rivalry, um, which, which means means the world to me. It was, um, oh man, it was uh, my favorite game of the year. Uh, we always used to say, you know, you'd rather go, you know, eleven and or excuse me, one and ten and beat the Bobcats and go ten and one and lose to them. Um, it was, it was, it was that important. And, uh, you know, I played with a, that was when Montana was just starting to starting to get on track. You know, my junior year, Dave Dickinson comes along, uh, the, 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 my, uh, let's see, 1991, 1992 were pretty good ball games, um, against the cats won both by us. But then when, uh, when Dave Dickinson came onto the scene, um, it was a totally, totally different deal. And and I may have a, a record or two in the rivalry, but um, we had a lot of, a lot of good players and, and, you know, led by Dave Dickinson and, and a pretty solid defense. So um, I don't know. I, I, it's, it was the most important game to anybody in the state of Montana. And so I kind of uh, uh, got sucked into that and, and, and took it to heart and, I, I'm 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 very happy to say that some of my best games were against the Cats and uh, and, uh, and and proud of that and, and have some really good memories. 
Now you have some uh, in, regarding memories. Uh, there's got to be some specific moments, both in both stadiums. You know, the, and they both have the appeal. You know, when you're playing in Washington Grizzly Stadium as a Grizz, you get the home crowd. It's one of the biggest home crowd advantages in uh, FCS football. Uh, and then also when you go to Bozeman, you're it's as hostile a crowd as you will see as a Grizz. So I'm sure you know having great moments in those stadiums has got to be magnified on both both ends of it. You're doing it in front of your fans. That crowd noise is every. And then you're doing it in front of the cats, and you get kind of the opposite. They're gonna they're gonna uh, yell at you. They're gonna boo. They're gonna get a little hostile there. So tell us about a little bit about those moments. Those those moments specifically that you recall in this rivalry because you had so many. Well, and and it, it's it's funny you you say that. Um, you know, my first touchdown catch was in in 1992, and that was against the cats. Um, just a little flag route from from Brad Lebo. Um, but the memories that I, that I have, I, I, it's kind of interesting because they, I didn't realize that I had those memories till after I met some of these people, um, you know, in 1993, um, we're, uh, we're in Bozeman and we're playing against, uh, uh, Sean Hill and, uh, and Morgan, Ryan Morgan and, and Danny Jefferson. And I never did get a chance to meet, uh, Sean Hill, but I, um, I was, was, had a chance to meet uh, Morgan Ryan and, and, and looking back and having played good against him. Um, I met Danny Jefferson down in, uh, in uh, Sacramento, California uh, at an away game about 10 years later. And the guy knew my cousin, Jeff uh, <laughs> played, played good against him. And then one of the, one of the funny memories that I have was in 1994 and I caught one of those grizzly screen passes and, I went about 70 yards and, uh, and Steinbeister, uh, was, was playing back then for the cats and he tripped me up by a shoestring and I had a chance to meet him after I was done too. And, and, uh, he gave me a rash and a crap and, and, and I deserved it cause he, cause he ran me down. But, uh, you know, I would say that, that my fondest memory was I, I caught a, a fade on the sideline and the fans were just, uh, were just really razzing me and I uh I gave a little bow and kissed my hand and put it on my backside and uh, <laughs> I've read about that. Yeah, and my my mother saw that later and <laughs> she wasn't very happy with me but just kind of caught up in the moment, you know, and um it's almost a Randy yeah, Moss situation bad. but not quite as bad. Y- yeah, and so you know, looking back on it meeting these people afterwards um uh, you know, uh, you know, Tim Hansen, I'm sure, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's from Spokane. He went to high school with a, a kid, Dennis Gates that played at Montana. I've had a chance to be buddies with him over the years. And that's how I met Morgan Ryan. So, you know, it, um, the, the memories are better when you, when you know that, um, you know, some of the people involved. Now, you know, Scott, you made a transition as a as a player, and then eventually ended up in a broadcast booth, and that's a, it's a completely different situation. But you still get to be a part of this rivalry in just a completely different way. You had uh, you had the 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 privilege of sitting alongside uh, probably the most iconic broadcaster in Grizz history, and Mick Holine. Uh, talk about your you know, that difference, give us an idea what it's like to go into that broadcast booth the first time and then how it progressed over the years, your relationship with Mick. Well, and it, it you really got to be careful. Um, and, and, you know, being on the radio and, and, and you get a little uh, passionate about stuff and 
Um, you know, I've had my fair share of warnings from, <laughs> you know, higher ups and, uh, you know, better tone it down. And, and as the years went on, I, gosh, I think I did it for, for 16 years, maybe, uh, the color commentary. Um, but it, as the years went on, I mellowed out a little bit more, but boy, I tell you what you could, there was no, no denying who I was, who I was cheering for and, um, you know, where, where my heart was and, and Mick Holina, you know, talk about making it easy. He, you know, he, he, he'd, he'd act like he was a softball pitcher, you know, and just kind of, kind of toss the ball up, you know, for me to hit it out of the park. You know, he, Mick did a, did a great job of, of, of setting, uh, of setting myself up or, or any color commentator, uh, for that matter. Uh, just, uh, a class act was uh, was was grizzly through and through until the day he passed away. Absolutely, um, and and I had the privilege of, of doing the the pregame show with you guys for three years. And and Mick was uh, one of my favorite things to do was to just get in that room and listen to Mick broadcast the games and and see his passion for football. And and uh, you guys were a great team, as I said. Many people still consider that uh, that team to be the voice of the radio for the Montana Grizzlies. And uh, yeah, I mean we've uh, we've moved on a little bit. You're still doing the pregame show. Uh, still out there yep. broadcasting at the tailgate and uh and so still a, very much a part of the Grizzlies uh and and this particular game is even as a broadcaster a little bit different uh yeah it it is um it's we'll be it will be in Missoula then we do it from the radio station when the team goes on the road um I I could do it from the box you know Denny could be here and I could uh, could be over there but uh you know, Hershey, I don't, uh, I don't spend any money in Bozeman. I don't get my gas there. Um, <laughs> I, uh, they don't like me and, 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 you know, I don't really like them, so that's okay. Um, uh, but, uh, it, it's, it's different. It's, it's, it used to be so cool when I was, was first broadcasting on the radio, you, you really got to meet, um, the best, one of the best things was meeting the parents on the road and, just getting to know them and, and, and the kids. And as the years go by and the more you are away from it, the, the less you're remembered. I mean, I mean, for sure, let's, let's not kid ourselves. Um, but, uh, it, it's still a, it's an awesome way for me to still be a part of the program. And, um, I, I, I try to I try to keep it I try to keep it calm, but uh, I don't know I might get a little excited on Saturday. We'll, well see. I would hope so. Now in recent <laughs> years uh, this has changed. You know the this the, this whole rivalry obviously you have with the history of uh, it, it will go through ebbs and flows. One team will get momentum. I mean there was the long streak as you said sixteen years in a row the Grizzlies, and now in recent years you know the Bobcats are strong. They were in the national championship last year, uh, and uh, and you know they're high ranked this year. They're they're trying to uh, to get a real high seed in the playoffs. They're trying to you know the Grizzlies can play the spoilers a little bit although they've got momentum as well but these recent years when the Bobcats are equal to or even higher ranked than the Grizzlies how does that how does that change when you look at it a little bit because when you played that wasn't the case at all it's completely changed no it is and I and and honestly um I, I think it's great for the rivalry um nobody likes to continually you know blow teams out of the water like the cats did last week. And, and like we've done for the last couple of weeks as well. Um, you know, as a, as a fan, you like to, you like to get that energy and that, uh, you know, that back and forth. Um, I, I just, I think it makes it more exciting when you get that victory. Um, 
you know, if you're, if you're playing somebody that's whether they're, you know, two and nine and, and, and go nowhere or, or you're 10 and one and you're, you're ranked number three in the nation. I think those victories are that, that much sweeter if you can get it done. Um, I think it's great for the state uh, to have a, to have a healthy rivalry and, um, and uh, you know, the cats are on the upswing and, and so are we. So let's see if uh, both of us can, can keep that momentum and, uh, and, and stay up there in, in the rankings and on the national scene. Now you've probably seen a little bit of a different, uh, you know, a change in kind of the atmosphere around the game becoming, uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with uh, with social media and fans able to interact with each other leading up to it. Before, what are your thoughts on this? Because you know, the uh, Bobby Houck has even commented on this when he came back for his second tenure as head coach. He he made comments about maybe this was a little bit there was a little bit too much hatred going on, and maybe and you know that kind of shocked a lot of uh, Grizz fans because Bobby may have been the Grizz coach that at least looked like he hated the Cats the most. And and that was kind of a shocking statement. But uh, it really does get a little out of hand at points uh, with, with people. Well, you know, going from a time when you played, there was no social media going on. People were, you know, you might say something to a neighbor who's a Cat fan, but you weren't able to <laughs> communicate with people you didn't know on a nearly anonymous basis and, uh, you know, and say terrible things to them. So uh, what are your thoughts on kind of the intensity level and, and the what it's gotten to now? Well, I, I don't. I don't think it's changed at all. And that comment by Bobby, I think, was tongue in cheek more than anything. I hope so. Um, <laughs> yeah. I. But on the social media part of it, I'll tell you what: these coaches at the University of Montana actually hate it. Um, and and frankly, I hate it too. I think it's uh, it, it it has a purpose, but it it does nothing but get somebody in trouble. Um, and you never know what the meaning is behind the text. I shouldn't say you never know. Said sometimes you don't know the meaning. Sometimes it's taken out of context. And this cancel uh, woke culture, um, you just you you can't even you you can't do anything. Uh, and 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 that's been, you know, you called it bullet bulletin board material back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually it was you know it, it came by print out of the out of the paper or you caught it on a on a radio interview or or a television interview. Now it's. Uh, now it now it happens that quick and 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 you really got to be careful and and you know I I get on egris and uh, and I get on uh, I've I've looked at Bobcat Nation before just to kind of see you know what their what their website is compared to ours and and it's 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 really kind of funny you got about uh, you got about half the people on there that know what they're talking about and the other half don't and <laughs> and the back and forth, the, the derogatory comments. Um, it, it just, I, I don't think there's a lot of a, a place for it. I mean, if you want to call somebody off the phone and, and meet them somewhere and uh, throw down, then by all means do it. But this, this calling people names and, and it's, it's just, it's just silly. Well, I'll, but, I'll, uh, uh, I'll tell you, I, you know, as you, as you, I don't know if you remember or not, but I was, uh, I was part of, a, I did radio in Missoula for three years, obviously, and, and did something called the Bobcat Suck Polka and did the Bobcat Still Suck Polka with my morning show partner over there at the time. I uh, sold a bunch of CDs that, uh, that song still pops up once in a while. So I was a part of, you know, kind of the, the atmosphere of it at that point. I went to Great Falls, and when I moved to Great Falls, uh, this is a true story. My first radio guest that they came in and they said, hey, you've got a guest that's going to come make the rounds in the studios this morning. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, I'll have a guest. You know, come in. That's fine. Who is it? And they said, it's uh, Mike Kramer. And Mike Kramer was <laughs> obviously the coach of the Bobcats at the time. And I went, 
Oh, okay. And so uh, Mike came in, and he was he was a great guest, really nice guy. And he came in, and I mentioned to him during the course of the interview because I had to feel him out first before I thought I would mention that. And I said, Mike, I said, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I said I was one of the two guys who um, who produced and writ- wrote and and recorded the Bobcat Suck Polka, and he started laughing. And Mike laughed real hard. And I said to him, I said, now I heard rumors, speaking of bulletin board material, I told him, I said, I heard rumors that that song may have been played at a Bobcat practice or two to uh, to get the guys fired up. Is that true? And he goes, oh, it was played at more than one or two. <laughs> so, <laughs> Bobcat still I have, I've got the CD, guys. I've, yeah. I've still got it, I guarantee you. Yeah, there's a, there's oh. a, it's on YouTube somewhere as well. So uh, if you want to check that out. But <laughs> that was... Was a part but, of know, but, 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 but that's t- you know that was tongue in cheek that was uh, uh i mean that was that was more good natured than uh than anything but uh yeah <laughs> it, it was, was fun and that's what he said he said you know if it's going to be a great rivalry you got to have some color to it he said you got to have things like that and uh he goes we used it to to, to get our guys fired up and then and i told him i said you know raised a bunch of money for charity when we did it very cool and he said that's absolutely what what's part of what makes it a great rivalry and i've always said you know if you show me a great rivalry i'm going to show you some hatred there's going to be some hatred there there's going to be some vitriol there's going to be people who who don't like each other really don't like the other team it has to be a part of that and and i think there's a you know obviously if you don't go overboard and you're you're not threatening people and you're not getting personal about it i I think it has to have a little bit of that uh, in in the rivalry well i i think you're right and mike kramer what a what a character and what a what a what a good dude i've had the chance to talk to him a few times and uh and and a great guy and there has to be some hatred in fact I remember when uh, when Greg and John Fitzgerald uh, were were playing. Uh, gosh, when was that? Probably back in the what around two thousand, maybe. Yeah, it sounds about right. Somewhere around there. I mean, they've got uh, you know Greg's got two kids that play for the play for the Cats right now, and uh, you know they've got twin sisters. And a Bobcat fan punched one of them in the face after the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it was after the game when Hepner oh, uh, yeah, had that. that game when you field goal. I mean, literally, punch a girl in a – who does that? That's I mean, that's, that's kind of the hatred. And I'm sure that was a little alcohol-fueled, not that – alcohol-fueled, not that that's an excuse, but uh, – but then yeah. uh, there's horror I mean, stories on both sides of that. You hear stories about what happens to, uh, you know, Grizz plates in the parking lot in, in Bozeman. And, you know, some of that's uh, some of that's true. Some of it isn't. Some people do go Hirsch. overboard. Hirsch, I will, I will tell you, I will tell you a, a story that's more true than not. And that if, if, if you've got a Bobcat fan over here in Missoula and they're walking around the tailgates after the game for them, we'll offer them a beer. Mm-hmm. If there's a Grizzly fan over there in the mud in Bozeman, they'll throw the beer at you. <laughs> and, and that's true. That is well, that's more times than not. And I'm going to find out first, and, firsthand. I've never been to a Bobcat game at Bozeman. I'm going to go to my very first one this Saturday. So oh, I, I will have a full-on uh, experience to talk about of my own that will be firsthand. Oh, my gosh. Well, you'll have, you'll have a good time, I'm sure. Uh, my brother's got season tickets to the Bobcats. He's a big fan, so we're a bunch of friends of mine who go with him. So we are one of those families where we have fans on both sides. And, and I will have, uh, like I said, I'll be willing to – Tell everybody about my experience. If it's a positive one, great. I will tell that as well. Sure, um, sure, sure. And hey, and there's and there's there's a lot of good fans over there too. Don't of get course me wrong. there are. 
this year's matchup, though, let's talk a little bit about the game itself. Um, what's going to go on? Yeah, we're t- you know the the Grizzlies, the Bobcats have both uh, played well recently. Um, the Grizzlies had a stretch there; they lost some games. So all of them are real close games. Some of them they should have won against good teams. Some of them were shockers. The Idaho game, Idaho game, shocked me. Uh, and you got the the Bobcats who just keep rolling. They got Tommy Mulatto, who seems he's one of those miracle maker guys. Um, they've had a little struggle on the defensive side. They they allowed thirty five points to a Eastern Washington team that the the Grizz just throttled and made them look like a high school team. So what are your thoughts on this year, these two teams, especially going into Bozeman where the cats have won so many in a row? Well, I'll tell you, you look at the Grizzlies, three losses, three in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Idaho, we got beat. They, uh, they snuck up on us. They, uh, they, they socked us in the mouth. Idaho's a good team. They are um, a really good team. Um, took care of us next game, uh, Sac state. We lose our quarterback. Um, we're completely dominating them at their place. Uh, got, I mean, if you saw the replays on, on the calls by the officials really got screwed down there. Um, should have won that ball game. Weber state don't have our quarterback. We have a hundred and what did we have? 150 yards in total offense. Yeah, it wasn't much. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're down at their place. We don't have the quarterback. We lose by seven. Um, so two games that we – you know, we had our guy at Idaho. There's no excuse for losing that game. Realistically, the Grizz should be 10-1. and one. Um, But that's, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles, and, uh, and you got to play with the cards you're dealt, and, and that's why we're sitting at seven and three. And there's, um, a, you know, and Lucas Johnson is a question mark. You know, he he ended up on crutches at the end of the last game. Yeah, crutches. Okay, that's what I. Um, <laughs> that was my thought exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know what? I haven't even asked the question. I have no idea. Um, to be completely honest, I didn't haven't gone to practice. Um, uh, I know it's closed, but there's a couple. You can get in there if you're, you know, quarterback club member, whatever. Blah mm-hmm. blah blah. Um. I look at the cats. Uh, they got lucky to escape out of Eastern with a victory. Yep. Fumble um, at the end by the, by the, by Eastern Washington to give them a chance. By Eastern, they scored a questionable call on an interception, blah, 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 whatever. Um, Weaver state. They got lucky to come out of the victory with that at home. Um, we're given Weaver gave them eight points and then they've got to kick the ball off to them from the 20. Mm-hmm. So take that for what it's worth. And then you, and then you go down to Northern Arizona and you just barely squeak out of there. Um, cats haven't played Sac state or Idaho this year. Right. Um, so it's, it's kind of, it's kind of apples and oranges. And I, I hate the unbalanced schedule. Oh, so I do hate, I hate it's just, and, and if you look at the schedule next year, the cats have a tough road next year. If, if team, if teams are kind of the same, I mean, they, so um, it's just not, it's, it's, I wish we had 10 teams and and you played nine league games. That would be great. Um, uh, You know, offensively, Montana's pretty balanced. Mm -hmm. Um, When Johnson's in there, it's a totally different ball game. Um, We go, we go deep with probably five or six guys that can catch the ball. Um, you go on the other side and 
you've got Patterson. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and by uh, the way, a, uh, Nick Osmo is a superhuman right now. Yes, yes. Patterson uh, for the Cats, he's about the only guy that's really done anything receiving-wise this year. Um, rushing the ball, uh, shoot, Montana's good at rushing the ball. Montana State is excellent at rushing the football. Um, Tommy Malad, I love that kid. You know, my my son's a, a Butte High guy. It was He was a freshman when Tommy was a senior, just a, a stand-up, awesome individual. Um, defensively, I don't think the Cats are going to stop Montana. And our strength is stopping the run, so I don't, I don't know. It's uh, I, I know the records and I know the rankings, and uh, but I, I don't think any of that really has anything to do with anything, to be honest with you. Well, I think I feel like the uh, the Cats' defense is is the key to this. If they play like they have and allow the points they have and the yards they have, they're going to be in for a long day. Uh, if the Cats' defense can, they played well at times this year, but they, they you know, allowing 35, 38 points to some teams that really aren't that good is kind of the, to me, that, that just stands out as a red flag. Uh, Tommy Malott's going to be under pressure. Sometimes he's best when he's under pressure. But uh, those are the two. I, I think that, you know, the, the burden, the weight is on the Bobcats here. And, and the pressure is on them in many ways, not just the record, not just where they're at. Uh, it, it's just to me that there's a, they have to do a lot of things right. Uh, the Grizzlies, the, you know, they, they have an opportunity here to take care of their season, to help themselves to get into the playoffs. That's where the pressure lies with them. But on the football field, I think that Grizz defense is going to put some pressure on, on the Cats, and I think the uh, the Grizz defense is going to be – or the Cats defense is going to be under pressure, and I think that's kind of the way the way it's going to shape out. Uh, it's one of yeah, those games I, I, where if it's a high-scoring game, the Grizzlies, I think, I think win it. And if it's a low-scoring game, that means the Cats are in it all the way. You know, is, uh, is O'Connell going to be back, uh, you know, on the field for us, although – Although when you look at our linebacking core, we've got we've got five guys right now that probably start anywhere in the Big Sky Conference. Right. To be completely honest with you, um, so it's it's a it's a good position to to uh, to have a guy out on. Um, he looked like uh, he was he, chomping at the bit to get in that last game. Oh boy, I, t- <laughs> I tell you what, he's an, he's an intense uh, he is an intense guy. Um, it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting uh, afternoon down there in. Uh, in Bozeman, I'm uh, th- th- I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. Well, uh, one thing that's added a big bunch of you know it didn't need any more hype in the state, but uh, the news this week that ESPN College Game Day is going to be broadcasting from Bozeman will be an added atmosphere to the pregame show and especially early pregame uh, tailgating activity out there with Game Day because they'll get they'll get underway at like seven a.m. our time. What was your thoughts on that announcement? Missoula tried to get it there last year. There were just too many rivalry games across the country going on that were too big in uh, FBS yeah. football, but uh, it, yeah. it it might have helped bring the the Game Day crew to Bozeman. Well, I, I think it, I mean, I mean, the University of Montana did all the groundwork. I mean, they're the ones that convinced ESPN that, hey, this is a rivalry that you need to, you need to come check out. And you're, you're exactly right. Last year, there was tons of rivalry games. This year, there's none. Um, and so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go to the, well, I don't know, the third, fourth best college facility in the state of Montana next or this weekend. So, I mean, you know, it's 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 all about the football game, right? You sound exactly like what I've been saying for the last few days. <laughs> That's all right, though. Uh, I'm sure you know they'll have pretty mountains in the background, and it'll uh, it'll just be the second best 
in the in the yeah. in the big sky in the state of Montana. So if you want to go to little brother, go to little brother. Uh, there you go. <laughs> now uh, they've been talking about the guest picker. We want to get your guest because everybody's talking about the guest picker on game day. They do a guest picker every week. Somebody comes out. Oh. They usually have a connection to the game in some way, and they pick uh, not only the game that they're at. They pick college football games across the country. But I've seen so many speculations about who the guest picker will be. And if you had any thoughts on that? You know, I, I saw, a, I saw a list of, uh, of some guys up there and, um, you know, who I, who, who would be great as a guy like Phil Jackson, mm-hmm. um, you know, not from Missoula, not from, not from Bozeman. Um, you know, maybe a, maybe a Brent Musburger, um, you know, they, I, you know, JK Simmons, he, he's a university of Montana guy. He'd kind of like to have somebody a little bit more, I guess, neutral. Right. Um, or, or even, and I hate to say this, but, or even from, from MSU, because I mean, that's where the game's at. Right. Right. Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Who do you, who, who do you think? Well, the, the leader in the clubhouse for people, uh, who at least have been really vocal about it is Flint Rasmussen, the, uh, the, the bullfighter for the professional bull riders, <laughs> well-known big cats fan. His daughter's one of them that rides out with the horse and the rodeo team before at the pregame when they bring out the team. He's got a lot of connections. Yeah. I don't think he's nationally known, but it would be very, very cool pre-roll to introduce him with a big montage of him performing out at professional bull riders. So I can see wow. that aspect of it. And he's a fun, funny guy and he would be, uh, he'd be outstanding. Wow. I've never heard of him. So <laughs> now that's the problem. They got to introduce him to a lot of the country, but rodeo people exactly. will know him and, and a lot well, of people around he, the state. Would he come in his outfit and his get up? Yeah, I would hope so. Absolutely. All right. And Scott, well, we did. Cool. We just got a couple of minutes here left. I do want to, uh, I don't want to go without mentioning that uh, the, your son is going to be a Montana Grizzly. That's got to be really cool for you. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that is something else. Uh, like I keep telling people, this will be the first time since he was about four years old. We'll be in the same town together. So my gas, my gas bill will be going down, which is, which is awesome. Um, but no, he, you know, he's worked hard. He's, uh, he's a little taller than me, a little, little slimmer than me. Um, he's a good kid. He, he like I said, he works hard and, uh, he's excited to, uh, you know, he's got a, a little bit of time left there at, uh, at Butte High and, He's excited to uh, get on to the next uh, phase of his life, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be something something pretty special. Then I imagine there's a particular number he might want. Oh, he, he <laughs> you know what, Scott? He would he would rather he, he'd rather do a lot of other things than wear my number. <laughs> by the way, and 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 Drew Dex got my number now, so uh, so that's okay. <laughs> All right, Scott, we appreciate your time very much, and, and, and uh, always fun to talk to you. Uh, I know you're going to have a lot of fun doing the pregame show for the radio broadcast this weekend, and, uh, man, it's good to be a Grizz. It's it's so much fun. This is the best week in the state. That That's right, Hershey. Go Grizz. Thank you. So that's it, man. Brawl of the Wild coming up on Sunday. It's going to be a big game. It's going to be national uh, with college game day there. It's going to be all over the place. And now you know what uh, the Grizz part of this equation thinks. The Cats will be hosting the thing. There's going to be a smattering of fans from both campuses. Just hope nobody gets punched in the face. And if they do get punched in the face, then it ends up on YouTube. Because that's that's all I can hope for. Like The last time you said you went into uh, enemy territory was in a pro game and you went home with nachos in your hair. Yeah, I'll be all so, right. I'll be all right. In, uh, in Scott's 
a preemptive defense. He no longer has hair. So my hot. wife will be there to temper me and put her hand over my mouth when needed. I worry that your wife might throw the first punch, actually. <laughs> so do I. She's rough around the edges. That girl is not afraid of a fight. Uh, so that's going to do it for us, man. It's going to be a great game. Hopefully everybody will enjoy it. Maybe you learned a little something to get you ready with this uh, Brawl of the Wild primer. We will be back uh, with another one of these very, very soon. Until then, rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you found it. And thanks again.